The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. So we've entitled this preach series, Abide. It's taken from John chapter 15, where Jesus uses the illustration of vine and branches. And he says, just as a branch is connected into the vine in order to bear fruit, so we are connected into Jesus in order that our lives can bear fruit for the glory of God. It says in John 15 verse 4, abide in me, this is Jesus says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. That word abides, a bit of an odd word, we don't use it very often, but it basically means remain. So we are as Christians to remain actively connected to Jesus and this is key to living a fruitful life as a disciple of his. Now, it's so important as well to notice the context of this because the context is set in mission. As Jesus is teaching this, for the last three years he has been on a mission revealing himself as saviour of the world and within 24 hours of him teaching this, he was about to die on a cross for our sin. So these chapters are so helpful in us understanding discipleship in the context of mission, which in many ways is the only context discipleship should be set in. As a church, God is calling us to be on the front foot when it comes to mission. Every single one of us. I know some do not feel, find it easy Historically, I have not found it as easy as I do now to be on the front foot when it comes to sharing my faith, talking about Jesus. But each of us, we are called to be on the front foot, talking about what Jesus has done for us and growing as disciples. And it's interesting to note as well that in, these, in this passage, as Jesus starts to teach his disciples, that there's a transition happening. For three years, it's really been about Jesus and his ministry in these chapters, he's handing the baton over. These are like his final instructions. In a sense, he's saying, as you've followed me, as you've done the things I've called you to do, actually, I'm now going away. I'm now giving you the mandate. I'm giving you the responsibility to continue this mission as fruitful followers. Now, before we read John chapter 13, which Roz is going to do for me, and I've asked her to do it because it's such a long passage. So uh, she's going she's gonna to read this out for us. Um, I just want to give you a few notes on John. So John's gospel was written to persuade people to believe in Jesus. It was written to persuade people to believe in Jesus. And that word believe is mentioned 98 times in John's gospel. So it's really, really important. The opening words in chapter one, we see John proclaiming that Jesus is God. Jesus isn't just a good teacher. He's not just a nice man. He is God clothed in flesh. He is the one who's come to be saviour of the world. And we find in this gospel that John, is the, uh, John the apostle is the writer. He's one of the 12 disciples. And if you've read John, you'll notice there's loads of stuff that only someone really close to Jesus could know. And it was written in about AD 85, which is about 50 years after the death of Jesus. So it's, you know, John's remembering what Jesus did and he's now writing it down in order that people would believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So let's just pray and then 
Roz, if you want to come up, you can uh, read the passage out to us. Lord, we come and we invite you, just as you have been here as we've sung out our songs of worship to you. Lord God, would you be with us right now as your word is preached? Would our hearts be open? Lord, would our ears be unstopped? Lord God, would our minds be active? that we would receive everything you've got for us, we pray. Amen. This is John chapter 13, and it is a long one, sorry. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you've no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean though not every one of you for he knew he was going to who was going to betray him and that was why he said not everyone was clean when he had finished washing their feet he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what i have done for you he asked them you call me teacher and lord and, and rightly so for that is what i am now now that i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you should wash one another's feet I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you believe that I, I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to his disciple and said, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, 
Some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now, the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son himself and I will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. Thanks, Ross. I want to take some time just to consider what's going on in chapter 13 because I think it will provide a good basis for the teaching that we will look at over the coming weeks. I want to look at three particular sections from it that all link together, but interspersed between it, you've got a number of conversations which really we will just sort of bounce over. The first conversation is about Jesus and Peter and Peter saying, no, you can't wash my feet, then wash all of me. And then Jesus saying, no, I don't need to wash all of you. I just want to wash your feet. You know, this interesting sort of conversation going on there. Then there's a bit about Judas betraying Jesus. And then there's a bit about Peter um, who denies Jesus. So we're going to pull out three bits around those sort of narrative um, sections. But it starts at the very beginning um, in those first couple of verses of chapter 13 with some incredible statements. Firstly, at this point, Jesus knew he was going to die on the cross within hours. He said he, he knew he was going to the Father. So Jesus knew that before any of this happened. It says that the devil had already prompted Judas's betrayal. So Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. So these are sort of like foundational things that the Apostle John lays out before we get into the rest of it. So we're going to look at three little chunks of the whole of chapter 13 as we work our way through. The first one we're going to look at is verses 2 to 5, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, Jesus serves, Jesus loves. And it says this in verse 1, having loved his own that were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So the disciples had come in from the dusty streets of Jerusalem it doesn't take much imagination to wonder what would have been between their toes. Do you mean? They didn't wear shoes, did they, and socks? They'd have worn sandals or something like that. I wonder what would have been there around their feet as they came in. And washing, washing feet of people coming into the house is just culturally what happened. That's what would have been expected. It was an act of the most lowly servant. But no servant was present to do it. And none of the disciples wanted to do it either. So the meal starts. Feet are unwashed at this point. And Jesus gives them a little bit of time to see what they're going to do. And they are not budging. 
They'd rather have dirty feet rather than serve one another. So it says Jesus gets up. He takes off his outer garments. In a sense, he dresses as a slave. That's what a slave would have worn in washing feet. So he, he takes off his outer garments. He dresses as a slave. And then he washes their feet. Just in this simple act, we see something that is sacrificial. I don't know about you, but for me, if I knew I was about to die within 24 hours, the last thing I would be thinking of doing is washing people's feet who weren't willing to wash each other's. Do you know what I mean? My head would be full of the fact of I am, I've got the cross coming up. But Jesus lays that aside. It was sacrificial. It was humble. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, but he still washes their feet. And it's loving. He says, having loved his own that were in the world, he showed them the full extent of his love. This is an incredible act on the eve of his execution. You know, some of the songs we've been singing now, the eternal king of glory, who keeps the globe spinning and the stars in place, derobes, takes off his clothes, he's just in undergarments, washes the feet of ungrateful followers. He takes on the nature of a servant. Let's jump forward, we go past this odd conversation Jesus has with Peter about feet washing, we get to verses 12 to 17 and it can be summarised like this. Serve like Jesus. After Jesus' interesting conversation with Peter, he returns to his place and then he asks this question. Do you understand what I've done for you? It's a good question for us as well. When you're reading the Bible, do you understand what's being said? Do you understand what's being taught? He then tells them this. He says that if I, this is Jesus, as teacher and Lord have done this, so you too should wash one another's feet. He says, I've set you an example. Now you follow my example. In verse 16, he says this, a servant is not greater than his master. In other words, you're not too important to serve. That's what he's telling his 12 disciples. You're not too important to serve. Verse 17 says this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So go back to the question, do you understand, Jesus says, do you understand what I've done for you? If you do these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of being blessed, I think of travelling first class on an aeroplane. Have you seen some of those adverts on TV, like for Emirates? The, the blessing isn't in the serving, let me assure you, I'm sure it's not. You watch the advert and you've got like this bed there and you sort of, recline back and you don't click your fingers because that would be rude but basically drinks come and food comes and someone serves so doesn't the world tell us that the blessing is in the service being served but Jesus says no do, do you understand what I've done for you the, ble the blessing is in serving not in being served do you understand what I've done for you and to receive the blessing what does Jesus say? He says, you will be blessed if you do it. So, so today, by the end of today, you'll realise, you will understand, I'm convinced you'll be thoroughly understanding of the fact that to serve 
is a blessed thing. But, but you only receive the blessing if you... Tom, well done, mate. Do you know what? Do you know what? It's so good to know that someone is listening. Really, really good. You'll be blessed if... Yeah, you'll be blessed if you do it. You get blessed in the doing of it. And then we jump to verses 35 to 36. And, and, and that could be summarised in a sense, love like Jesus. Jesus then gives them a new command. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I'll say that again. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. What, what do you think this love looks like? He, he hasn't gone to the cross yet, so he's not thinking about that. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Loving one another looks like foot washing. It looks like washing each other's feet. Sacrificial, humbling, loving. It, it costs something. Your time is inconvenient. It, it costs your energy. The truth is, I don't think anyone wants to wash someone else's feet, do they? But, but Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. When you think about the church in Acts chapter 2 and 4, who would, like to have a who would like this church to be like the one in Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4? Brilliant. You know what we've got to do? We've got to get really good at washing feet. Because that's what the church was doing. It says they had no needy person among them. They shared their lives. That is what it looked like. That, that was what it was to be a follower of Jesus. Washing the disciples' feet wasn't primarily about service. It was about love. Washing the disciples' feet was not primarily about service. It was about love. The reason the disciples didn't serve like Jesus was because they didn't love like Jesus. Love is so often humbling, tiring, sacrificial. I think something else that's important to notice, and I believe that John weaved this in on purpose. Who was round the meal table? Who got their feet washed? Who was it that had their feet washed? The disciples. Who was part of the disciples? Arrogant, fearful Peter. So Peter, who to start with wasn't willing to wash anyone else's feet, then he wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet. Do you know what I mean? He was just hard work, Peter, wasn't he? I mean, just think about it. It was just hard work. There was a pride. There was an arrogance. You're not going to wash my feet. But, but, but then he's fearful. He stands before a servant girl and he denies he even knew Jesus. Even after, at the end of this chapter, we see he confidently assured Jesus that he, would, he could die for him. So whose feet did Jesus wash? It was Peter's feet. Who else's feet did he wash? That Judas, that greedy betrayer, who he knew already. He already knew he was going to betray him, but he strips off down to very humble attire and he washes the grime and the muck out from between Judas's toes, knowing, knowing that within an hour he would be going to the Pharisees and selling Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus washed their feet. Jesus lovingly served the ungrateful and the undeserving, and later he would do it on the cross. 
in a far greater way when he served the ungrateful and the undeserving in dying for our sin. So what about us? How well do we reflect Jesus in our loving service, our foot washing towards this family, this church? How well do we do it? Have, have a look around and just think, oh God, I'm so grateful that culturally we now don't have to wash each other's feet. Do you mean, can you imagine that? Join the welcome team of King's Church and there's a whole load of bowls laid out and as you come in, you know, someone washes your feet. God, a welcome team would be really hard to recruit for. But, but this is serious. It's not about washing feet, but it is about loving service. How, how well are we following? Do you understand? Jesus says today, the Holy Spirit is here saying, do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand what I'm asking of you? You see, the sort of questions I like to ask are ones more like this. Am I called to do this? What do I have faith for? What is my gifting? Am I fulfilled in this? They're good questions. We like them, don't we? We like those questions. And, and they can be good questions to ask at the right time. But the truth is, those sorts of questions can so easily get infiltrated by our own sinful desires. We must not hide behind questions like, I don't feel called to this. It's not my gifting. As an excuse for not acting out loving service. Nor should we hide behind the fact that this church is full of wonderfully imperfect people. There are plenty of Peterses, Peters here. There may even be a few Judases. But that is not an excuse for not expressing loving service to Jesus, to the church. So when we're not washing feet, serving in love, what should we do? And by the way, I feel in many ways I'm preaching to the converted in a sense of I know some of you, many of you are incredible in your loving service, your feet washing within the church. Well, I think if I'm honest, the next few chapters of John are going to help in so many ways. I think keeping a good, right perspective that we have an eternal hope, that our reward is not here, but it's when we go to be with him. That will cause and fuel and help us to do things when they're inconvenient and difficult and tiring. I think we're going to be looking at things like being filled with the Holy Spirit, faith-filled obedience, remaining in God's love, remaining in the Bible, prayer, living for the glory of God. They will all help when it comes to loving sacrifice because it, it motivates us. The, the truth is, none of us are going to find, find feet washing easy. None of us particularly want to do it, but we have been joined to Jesus and we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we have the power of the word living and active within us that provokes and stirs us 
You know, even some of the motivations and things we've got wrong where he highlights them and we need to repent and turn away from it. Living for the glory of God, not for our own comfort. We'll find later on in these chapters that even from a seedbed of sorrow, we can, know that we can know a joy from God that is complete. These chapters, 14, 15, 16, have so much truth and help to enable us to wash one another's feet, to lovingly serve one another. And then chapter 17, we have Jesus praying for himself, praying for the disciples, praying for us. Again, such richness within it. I believe as we spend time in these chapters, they're going to freshly equip us as followers of Jesus. We're going to be ready for the opportunities and the challenges in front of us. It's amazing. It's an amazing privilege to be part of this family. You are so excellent at expressing loving service. But I don't know about you, when I was preparing this, I just thought, but I've got so far to go. I think sometimes we can think of when we serve within the church in different settings as something that we should do, like a dutiful service. Whereas I think the motive is that we love one another. Come follow Jesus. Come wash some feet. Come join the church. Come wash some feet. Do you reckon that could catch on that slogan? No, I don't think so. The truth is, that's, that's about the sum of it. Where can this get expressed? I wonder if one of the best places to express loving service is within our connect groups. I think that's one of the best places to do it, where you're doing life with people and there are hundreds of ways where you can, in a self-sacrificing way, care for someone who might not even be very much like you. They may even wind you up on occasion, but it gives you that opportunity to humbly, sacrificially, lovingly care for the person sat next to you in that room. If you're not part of a connect group, part of the reason you join is because it will bless you. But part of the reason you will join is because you're called to be part of the church. And that means connecting small as well as big. And I know with busy lives and distractions like that, it can be tricky managing diaries. But generally, I've found that I do find time for the things I want to do, the things I think are important. And I would just encourage you, if you're not connected in at Connect Group, do reconsider whether you should be. It's an opportunity for you to give. I think there's loads of opportunities just with one another. Relationships within the church for you to wash one another's feet. I think Sundays provide an amazing opportunity for us to wash one another's feet. Do any of you want to get a real solid headache after about an hour and a quarter with 30 zero to five-year-olds? 
Well, there's, an, there's a few vacancies available at the moment for you to serve within our TOTS group. Actually, one Sunday out of four, parents have got to stay with their youngsters because we don't have enough team. And I know, you know, it's good for us to work out what we're doing and what best fits for us, but sometimes, you know what? It's good just to roll your sleeves up and wash some feet. What part, what has God got for you in that? Jesus says, do you understand what I have done for you? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Each of you individually, you, you need to work out what that means for you. But I think the application is meant to be practical. It's meant to involve our arms, our legs, our practical doing, not just intentions in our hearts. Ban, can I invite you back up? That'd be brilliant. Won't we stand? As I hinted at in the preach, Jesus, Jesus ultimately expressed washing feet, loving service in dying for us on the cross. Why don't we just take a moment just to sort of Reflect on where we're at. Reflect where we're at when it comes to worship of Jesus. Not just the songs that we sing, but how we love one another as an overflow, an expression of our love for Jesus. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come uh, right now. I thank you for the incredible diversity within this room. Lord, not just nations, but gifting, abilities. I thank you for the incredible examples of sacrificial service. Lord God, just in pulling off a Sunday morning, incredible examples of that. Holy Spirit, we pray would you search our hearts. Would you speak to us about where we're at? Lord, you know exactly where we're at. You know what we can handle. You know what we've got going on in our lives. Lord, I pray for those that, that are really up against it right now. I pray they'd know your comfort and your grace flooding in. I pray, Lord, for those that might have stood back from service, maybe due to disillusionment or just weariness. They've done it year after year after year. I pray for your fresh grace to step in. Lord, I thank you for this incredible body that works best when every member is doing its part. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us, we pray. Just give you a moment just to ponder and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you.